What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Today's episode is going to be brought to you by Mystery Ranch, built for the mission. Oh, yeah. They make arguably the most kick-ass and most comfortable Fireline pack out there. But did you also know that they happen to make a ton of other load-bearing essentials? So if you guys got a need for a everyday backpack, something to throw your uh, civvies in and throw in the buggy or uh, under the seat of the engine, they make a solution. They make hunting, backpacking, skiing, fishing, snowboarding, all sorts of load-bearing essentials. Hell, they even make briefcases, which makes for a uh, pretty cool crew boss kit, just saying, or an IC kit, whatever. You can throw whatever in there. You can throw your laptop in there. But in addition to all of this stuff, they are also giving back to the community. They have started the 1039 scholarship program. And that is here. Uh, that's going uh, to be starting up here pretty soon. And I'm looking forward to when that actually launches. I'm going to be a hot minute, but you know what? Things are in the works. So a portion of the proceeds from certain packs, which uh, I'll be announcing here later, uh, are going to go into this uh, scholarship fund. So if you guys want to go back to school and get some education, well, there's your opportunity. In addition to this, they're also doing the Backbone series, which I am pretty stoked about. I'm going to be uh, up there in old Montana and uh, helping launch that thing here shortly. So I am looking forward to that. And those guys kick ass. So if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.mysteryranch.com and check it out. The Anchor Point Podcast is also brought to you by our premier coffee sponsor. Who is that? Well, it is none other than Hotshot Brewery, purveyors of the finest damn coffee on the West Coast, and it's kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause. A portion of the proceeds will always go back to the Wildland Firefighter Foundation. So, yeah, definitely a good coffee for a good cause. In addition to some kick-ass coffee, well, they also have a full line of apparel to help support and represent that firefighting, wildland firefighting culture, and they have all the tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. So if you guys need an AeroPress or a pour-over system, hell, if you guys need whatever, they probably have it. But in addition to that, they support the Anchor Point Podcast by slinging our merch. Oh, yeah. So if you guys want to go get yourself one of those Anchor Point tees, one of the uh, Band of Brothers ones or one of the Fire Fiend shirts, kind of the Misfits theme one. Well, go over to www.hotshotbrewing.com and check them out. The Anchor Point Podcast is also going to be brought to you by Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Your balls will thank you. You guys have a moose near the caboose that needs to be tamed? Yeah, need to uh, do a little trimming around the old moose knuckle. Well, good for you because Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Uh, it's pretty cool. I've actually had a uh, lawnmower 2.0 for a while, and then I just upgraded to the lawnmower 3.0, which is pretty bitching. It's got the skin safe technology to help reduce those manscaping mishaps and this one's actually waterproof. So if you want to, you know, trim up the old hedges in the shower, you can do that. And if you want to do it in the dark, well, it's got a built in LED. I don't know if that's your thing. I wouldn't recommend it. But hey, you know what? It makes things easier, especially if it's in the dark. Power goes out. I don't know. It might be an emergency or something. But anyways, uh, they also offer a ton of other stuff. They got some awesome boxer briefs that are pretty damn comfortable. Uh, I wear them all the time. And they also have some ball toner. Yeah, the crop reviver and they have the crop preserver, which is one of my new things that I've been using a lot of because, well, it's hot and uh, it's anti chafing and it kind of helps reduce that, you know, swampiness around the uh, below the belt area. But if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.manscape.com and check them out. Oh, 
And check this out. Listeners of the show can get 20% off and free shipping by using the code AnchorPoint at checkout. So once again, go over to www.manscape.com and check them out. And last but not least, the Anchor Point Podcast is going to be brought to you by the Smoky Generation, also known as the American Wildfire Experience, which is pretty damn cool. And uh, it's a collection of over 100 digital stories. It's like a digital archive of stories dating all the way back to the 1940s. And it's exclusively about firefighting here in North America. And now they're expanding into the international game, which is pretty freaking sweet. Bethany has a kick-ass organization going on over there and she uh, gives back to the community. She's actually teamed up with Water Axe Pumps and Mystery Ranch to help facilitate some $500 grants for you folks in the field. So uh, yeah, your opportunity is out there and it's coming soon. I know the 2021 uh, round of grants are coming up here pretty soon. But if you happen to be a writer, a blogger, a photographer, anybody who's telling the story of wildland firefighter now worldwide, well, you have your opportunity here coming up pretty soon. So Bethany, I just want to say thank you for running a kick-ass organization over there. And if you guys want to find out more, go over to www.wildfireexperience.org. Opinions of this podcast do not reflect the views and opinions of the United States government, the Department of the Interior, the Department of Defense, the Department of Agriculture, the United States Forest Service, the Bureau of Land Management, National Park Service, the Bureau of Indian Affairs, or any private, municipal, county, or state firefighting organization, any law enforcement agency, any medical provider, or any contractor employed by any federal agency. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Hope everybody's doing well, and I hope, uh, yeah, I hope everybody's keeping their wits about them, especially during Snaptember. So, yeah, treat each other with kindness. Yeah, don't snap on each other. Welcome to Snaptember, though. Anyways, today on the show, we've got arguably the best kept secret in fire. And what am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about prevention and patrol, of course. It's pretty cool. It's a, it's a eye-opening. I didn't really know shit about uh, these positions until I've had these two guests on there. And yeah, we're going to have a little bit of a three-way conversation with Ryan and Ricky. Uh, Ryan is going to be a prevention over on the Mogollon Rim, and Ricky's going to be one over on the Angeles. So it's a pretty unique position. It's a lot of flexibility, and you can do a lot of cool stuff. And I think it's one of those dream positions, especially when you get to do all of these things that they get to do. Do you get to see some uh, stuff that you don't want to see? Yeah, but we'll talk about that during the episode. But it was cool. It was cool. And uh, it's definitely eye-opening, so I hope you guys enjoy it. But without further ado, I'd like to introduce our good friends, Ryan and Ricky. Welcome to The Anchor Point. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast. Today, I've got Ryan and Ricky, prevention extraordinaires and patrol extraordinaires. What's going on, guys? How you doing? Good evening. Great. Nice, Good man. Good to see you. Right on, right on. So, Ryan, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, my name's uh, Ryan. I currently work on the Coconino National Forest over on the uh, Mogollon Rim and uh, 
been bouncing around the last few years. Uh, North Kaibab last year as a patrol. And before that, started on the Angeles National Forest in Southern California. And uh, don't want to admit it, but started as a rec tech and uh, <laughs> quickly got asked if I had a red card. And after that, the rest is history, man. Nice. Nice, man. Ricky, what about you, man? Um, 17 years in, uh, hot shots, engine, dozers, um, prevention. I haven't, I haven't done it all. Um, I'd like to keep dipping my hands in more stuff. Happy where I'm at right now. Um, my time is 99% all in the Angeles. Uh, so Southern California, mind you, I, I've, I've spent time on assignments everywhere in the world, but you, you know, Southern California, we don't leave too often. Yeah. So all over the world, did you get to go to, uh, Australia? Uh, I had a family situation, um, that I chose to stay home. However, I was asked multiple times. So all my brothers and sisters that did go, um, I did help assist and set all that up with the PIO stuff. And uh, a lot of the interviews I did, uh, help with the Angelus on setting those guys up. So that was kind of cool doing that, but I wanted to go, but I was, I was in Alaska a few months ago. So I did that one. Oh, it's a fair trade-off. I think that's pretty legit. That's cool. Nice, man. So this is like one of those episodes where not a lot of people know about prevention and patrol. And we're going to kind of take a deep dive into it because I think it's one of the best kept secrets. And to be quite frank with you, I don't know jack shit about prevention and patrol. And I'm pretty sure a lot of people out there don't either. So let's just lay it down and go for it. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's it's the best job in the world i would say it's definitely one of those best kept secrets within the forest service um you're fire but you're a single resource and you get to dabble your hands in all aspects of fire and also secondary fire stuff such as logistics pio stuff uh fire investigator all that kind of stuff and it also gives you opportunities, especially if you're seasonal like me and the engines are a person down or, you know, cruise a person down or whatever. Um, you can hop on board with them and start working on some firefighter one stuff. Just like, uh, we got two people out, out right now. Um, yeah, I think it's the best job in the world. I don't want to toot it up too much, but yeah, Ricky will give you his two cents on it too. Um, I, I definitely, I, I think it depends upon where you're at region and forest um, it's all on how the patrollers are looked at. Um, I think your work ethic will follow you. Um, it doesn't matter where you come from. Um, as in like, there's some people, you know, some engine slugs are terrible. Some hot shots are idiots. And I, I was one of those idiots at one point. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's all on how you work your butt off. Um, prevention yep. patrols are, are classically categorized as lazy. Um, and mm-hmm. at least I, I, at least on, in, on my end, a lot of them have hit that title. However, uh, since I became a patrol a little over three years ago as a permanent patrol, um, I'd done a few details. Uh, I am definitely not that. And many people that I've worked with see all the things that patrols do, because again, like you said, a lot of people have no idea what you do. Um, there's a ton of patrols really are the front face what is it the uh they're the first line face they're the face of the forest service they really are okay um we are the first ones to greet everybody um my average right now uh before pre-covid um let's just say my weekly i I keep uh, tallies because uh um they actually ask what our public contacts are 
um, I have a TAS uh, or a, a little book that I keep tabs on. My average public contacts in the, is the 500 plus people range a week. Holy um, shit. Oh, oh Jeez, me. man. The, the COVID, wow. Now the COVID, you can like triple those numbers. Well, yeah, everybody's kind of escaping the city and trying to get out into the woods, which, you know, comes with its own set of consequences as well. Yes, no, absolutely. And there's 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 been uh, a lot more cons than pros with a lot of that stuff. But I'll tell you, um, uh, a lot of the stuff is prevention like you do. Uh, I do what I can to help wreck out when when Ryan was with us, uh, him and I had a great relationship. Him and I were I, I, I always offer help to a lot of our recreation folks. Um, I'm not taken up on it very often. And, and likewise, if they need help, they can ask me, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly help if I, it just depends on what's going on. I have no problem changing my plans to help somebody install a bathroom or a toilet or fix something. I gladly will help. I have, I, the whole point of this job is oh. helping each other. And there's a lot of uh, people that have, we get off that track line because we have stuff to do or there's so many fires and we just can't seem to help each other out a lot of time. So not a good excuse, but it just, it's just one of those, there's so many angles to the job, like helping out recreation. You're, we're not recreation. We don't empty trash cans. I do it all the time. I clean up graffiti. It's there. It's in my area. It's in somebody else's area. I'm going to clean it up. Well, we're yeah, the national you know, forest. You're, well, you're a representative you know? of that forest too. It's like Absolutely. your face is attached to that forest pretty much, especially if you're first point of contact for a lot of the public. I have a lot of pride in it. I like nice things. I have a, I have a very nice, uh, Again, the whole like being the face of the Forest Service. Ryan will tease me on this one. I have a nicely fresh suit. I have a gold badge. I am pretty. I'll, I'll give you that word and I can pick on myself. You are. I'm you got starch pickle suits and everything. I'm clean shaven. And I'll tell you, I usually have a good hairstyle going. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's pretty no, good. Yeah, exactly to hit on that, though. We are the, uh, we're the face of the foresters, man. That's one thing I learned from the Angeles is, you know, you got to look professional to be taken professional. And, Granted, some forests don't get the visitor use the Angeles gets or even the Coconino gets, but still, if you, you know, you're going to be approaching the public and all they're going to see is the Forest Service. They're not going to see you. So you have to put on that professional appearance about yourself. And it does differ from forest to forest, region to region. And like Ricky was saying, you know, you're going to get different calibers of patrols and patrols are going to be expected to do different things depending on what forest they're on. Um, yeah. I've been on forests where patrols aren't even considered an initial attack resource for some crazy reason. Don't ask me why, um, but they're just not. And they're more focused on contacting people, public education, road guarding, setting up barriers, stuff like that. Where if you go to a forest like the Angeles or the Coconino as a patrol, you're going to be expected to be single resource, initial attack, you know, even self-dispatch yourself to a fire. Um, we're fully expected <laughs> to oh, do man. that. Oh man, some self-dispatch. <laughs> you just broke the golden rule, man. <laughs> Hold on. No, it's, uh, I won't, I won't, I won't even dare allude to anything like that whatsoever. But <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I don't know where you're talking. That's crazy talk. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but no, oh, like, like, no, but Ryan, dispatching. no, not us. No, not here. <laughs> you, can oh, patrol, man. you can patrol in your area and still be in the, in the vicinity. Yeah, if you just happen to be in the uh, initial Sorry. attack area, I mean, you just happen to roll up on that fire. You have a duty to act, sir. You have a duty to act. Right. Um, <laughs> but, along with, uh, but along with so many of the things, it's like yeah, we're discussing, we have a, a force protection officer duties. Um, 
at times we are non-caring citing officers. We write, uh, um, I think it's class D misdemeanors. I think it's class D misdemeanors. And they're, they're all a federal offense, uh, of what we're on federal land though. That's, that makes sense. I mean, yeah, you know, federal lands. And that's like the many things that, that, that we can do. It's like, we're also, we run, uh, it depends on like he, Ryan said, it's like, like the Angeles again, we're not, we're unique because we are so diverse. However, we're not special than anybody else. We're the same. We just have way more people. That's about it. Like I said, we're not better than anybody else. We have the LP, uh, again, the Coconino, I've been there on fires. Look, we're all the same. It just depends on what our customers are. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like totally. our customers, we just have a lot of customers more than we should. Well, that's crazy but, though. Cause know. like, especially with the ticket writing thing too, cause you guys have the potential to see some pretty serious shit. Like, um, I, I remember Joe Rogan was doing this podcast and I forget the gentleman's name, but he wrote a book called the hidden war. And it's basically about like marijuana grows on public lands. So I'm pretty sure, oh, especially people in California, uh, I'm pretty sure you guys roll upon that pretty often. Um, Ryan, do you got, I can touch on that, but I didn't know if I don't want to jump on this. I didn't know if you had anything. No, to add to but that. I mean, I would say, yeah, in California, it's definitely one of those things you got to be aware as a patrol, you know, just out hiking out on foot by yourself. Um, I know the Los Padres, I think it was, or possibly the Angeles. I can't remember, but a few years ago they had 250,000 marijuana plants pulled out of the forest on one grow. Oh, and wow. you just got to think about, you know, yeah, like what that is, what that entails and the people that are going to be protecting that. And like Ricky was saying, we're non-carrying police officers pretty much. And half the time people don't even realize we're not police officers. When it really comes down to it, we're not, we're just able to cite and write you guys tickets, um, for federal, you know, misdemeanors and stuff like that. But, you know, we're rolling through the woods and yeah, that it definitely is something you got to think about when you're working in California, I'm sure other regions and, you know, areas as well, not so much out here in Arizona, but yeah, I'm sure Ricky's dealt with just as much of that on the Angeles as I've heard about. Well, that's a sketchy situation, man, because you know, these people, they're not like the legal growers, you know, it's not like they have a plot of land and they're doing it like in an industrialized sense. Exactly. These people are shipping it to other States where it's wildly illegal and they're probably going to want to protect their assets, which is scary as the, you know what? So, yep. Yeah. I can, I can touch on that. I was actually trying to pull up, uh, the four 10 pound bags of marijuana that I came up on a couple of years back. Oh, oh so, um, sorry. here's, here's one of them. I just like, it's, it's hard to see, but I get that's a big ass bag of weed. It is. And, and real quick, I'm going to, I'm going to correct Ryan. Not that he said it wrong and please forgive me, sir. I will owe you another day when I see you. Um, or, again, we, <laughs> We're not law enforcement. We work for law enforcement at times. We are fire only. We have yep. the authority per law for for law enforcement LE as we can cite um, uh, 36 CFR and issue some kind of citation. However, we are not law enforcement, but we do enforce right. laws. So it's it's uh it's just a clarification, not that you did it wrong. I, I promise it's it's CYA, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank but, uh, you, man. Cover me, man. But, um, but again, it's like, like, uh, like here in the Angeles, um, I do not go around and I, this is the wrong phrase to say. I don't go around with a hard on going, Hey, I'm going to give you a ticket for that. I do tell people, cause I mean, dear God, 
there's times of the year I go around when I pick up trash, I have a box and see how many of the weed containers that I can actually pick up in a weekend. And it's usually more than 40 or 80. And that's only like just the four miles of the crest section that I will actually patrol on those days. Just people Um, tossing trash out the window. Oh, sorry. What? Just people tossing their like their pre-roll containers and stuff and like out the window and shit. Trash everywhere. it really is as much as like, uh, I love the Angeles. Don't get me wrong. And I know there's some place, everybody's got trash. The COVID has made it really, really bad. Um, big Tahunga Canyon. Ryan knows that one. Well, that one's, that's a nightmare, but the the stuff we find and the stuff that's dumped there, I don't, I don't know where society has gone awry of just dumping it. It's so bad. No, no. I mean, it's horrible. I can, I can tell you a story. It's it's not a friendly story, but this is what I have in every single turnout. It's really it's really pathetic and gross, and it's a sanitary hazard. Every single turnout, which again we know in the mountains, there's a ton of turnouts. Everybody goes up on the turnouts. They leave their alcohol containers, hard alcohol, and and it depends on the time of the year. I can tell you the. Um, uh, I'm not gonna go there. I can just tell you the kind of people, if that makes sense. And they're not a good kind of person. Yep. That's all I'm gonna say. It has nothing to do with skin color. It has nothing to do with race. But they're bad people because they break the law and they leave trash. That's my general statement. Mm-hmm. That's how I leave it. Gotcha. However, they go up there and um, usually the uh, they eat their food and it's fast food because they leave the alcohol and the fast food trash on the ground next to where the vehicle was. Um, they pee in three or four spots or they k- take a crap and leave all the baby wipes next to it. Oh, God, Again, dude, that shit riles my graphic. blood. Um, the oh. females will usually take out the tampon, leave that in the same general vicinity. Um, they will proceed to do whatever. We have an idea what it is. Then they leave condoms, which I call snakes. Everywhere. And every once in a blue moon, which always freaks me out, you'll find, and then they'll like clean up there. There'll be like clothing left with, you know, crap literally wiped in it or it'll be a yep. rag used to clean up. So that's all in every single turnout every weekend. So, and then from there, every once in a blue moon, you'll get weird stuff where it's like, uh, Ryan and I got stories. We could tell you for days, the stuff we'd find. And I'll tell you the times of year yep. after Christmas, let me tell you, it gets real interesting after Christmas, the adult variety things yep. we find yep. up there. It's like, who does this? Yep. <laughs> yep. I've, I've found, I've found children's dolls all taken apart and sewed back together in just the weirdest forms. Yeah. I found some really freaky stuff. We had a, uh, probably at least 50 pounds of marijuana. Somebody actually dumped it in the Chilau station. They literally dumped it in the fire picnic fire pit right in front of it, lit it on fire a little bit and just took off. And we woke up in the morning and there's 50 pounds of weed smoking in our fire pit, 20 yeah, yards from our station door. <laughs> actually, that's another thing too, about this shit is stranger than fiction, man. You, you gotta be kidding me. Hey, hey, no, I like stories. literally. Literally that happened, man. We we could not figure it out if it was someone's like baby mama mad at them or some partner ripping some other partner off and just trying to burn the weed. But literally it was, uh, yeah, man. <laughs> it was so whack. check this out. So again, I, I don't know everything. Um, I've been educated by some, and this is what I've gathered um, from my investigations and just the people I've talked to from law enforcement on PD, sheriffs and others. Um, a lot of the stuff that we do find in the forest on a lot of these, um, what they do is they take the butane to push all that THC and all that out to make the wax and all the other stuff. So they do it illegally instead of, again, California, you can legally do that stuff in certain areas. However, again, in the 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 federal government, 
federal land, it's still illegal. So like, again, that's when I, I warn people instead of ticketing, I'm going, Hey, check this out. Do me a favor. When you see us, anybody in uniform, put that out and they'll give me the whole, why it's illegal. It's legal. It's like, check this out. You're in the national forest. You know, the sign you drove past that is a federal, it's a federal boundary, um, man. Ticket. So I'm like, and, and sometimes I'll fudge and this is where I can get in trouble. I will, again, I don't cite for it. I, I can, but I don't. Um, I'll say, it's like, Hey man, it's like $500 fine. Do me a favor. Just, you see us put it away. Okay. I've had hundred percent compliance. I've never had anybody give me an attitude other than once I say, check this out, you're in the forest. It's illegal. Yeah. Everybody's like, Hey man, sorry. I'm totally. And again, it's knowing your customers, well, this um, is, knowing this... the people who you're going to come up to again with the, uh, the type of people we come on or come up on um, the bags and bags and bags of black trash bags that I would borrow from rec and they would be filled with used butane containers that they are illegally um, extracting the THC from all the uh, marijuana. But a lot of the, the marijuana that they're dumping or would find burned, it's all the excess. It's what would be considered shake back in the day. Like, oh, it's a 20 bag. It's just like the shake of whatever's left. However, it's still got plenty of THC. It's something somebody could still use. However, these, uh, these industries that are doing it illegally, they're making 10 times more money doing the, the wax and the oil and all the other stuff than selling a $20 bag. That, so it's just trash to them. Mind you, that box yeah. I showed you was probably, that could be like three, $4,000 worth of stuff. So when I find them, it's like, Angeles, can you send me a law enforcement? I have a, I have items for them. They'll hit me up. And hey, what do you got? It's like, Hey, I got like five or six pounds of weed. They come validate it. They'll take it or we just throw it and disperse it. But I, it hasn't happened lately, but I had months and months. It's like, I got another like 10 pounds. <laughs> they want me to do it. Right. That's crazy, man, man. Dude, you're you're reminding me of how crazy the Angeles is, man. And oh, just yeah, I'm kind of glad I I'm not there anymore. But at the same time, I kind of miss it. Uh, but there's a lot more. I I get I feel like I get to focus on the real fire stuff out here, not to harp on the Angeles whatsoever. Um, it's its own monster. But yeah, I get to really dive into the you know meat and potatoes of fire fire investigation and what i feel old school fire work was um you know we have a responsibility as patrols um to you know mitigate wildfire our big objective being early detection and hopefully prevention of wildfires and um not to say that you know on the angeles you're not going to be doing any of that it's almost just like i don't have the distraction of all that other stuff going on so that's one thing i really liked about moving to region three is getting away from all the stuff ricky has to deal with well that's no, a- i envy you i envy you dude i i do well, that's a good thing, though, because we guys covered a lot of topics at once. And, you know, it's it's good for the public that are listening because, you know, I, people do it. I mean, I know there's the general public that aren't firefighters because <laughs> don't do it if you're a firefighter. Uncle Sam is watching. Um, exactly. But the general public that's listening to our show right now, that's a good little PSA for him. It's like, you know what, man? Hey, it's not worth it. You know, you can get in deep doo doo because as soon as you cross into public lands, that's federally managed, man. And it's going to be yep. bad. It's not federally recognized as legal. However, it is in the States and a lot of States on the West coast, at least. But the other thing too oh, is, yeah. yeah, but like just taking care of your lands, man. I mean, stop shitting all over the side of like highway pullouts. It's disgusting, man. Have you guys seen uh, the ass movement? Oh, by all means, man. Dude, uh, early oh, man. follower, early follower. So it's called the ass movement. He's a, he's a fire bro out of Alaska. 
And he started this thing to raise awareness for people like defecating on public lands and just generally trashing public lands with whether it be, you know, pooping and not burying it or just microplastic or just leaving the crap everywhere and not cleaning up the campsites, man. Go check them out, man. They're he's he's doing some awesome stuff. He was actually talked about for like a good solid 15 minutes on Steve Rinella's podcast on Meat Eater of all things. It was crazy. I'll have Ryan really some information. I'll have to have you send me some stuff. Yeah, I I never heard of that. I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I, I, you'll get a kick out of Absolutely. it, especially dealing with this shit, literally. <laughs> Serious, <laughs> Sorry, <dude. laughs> Seriously, literally. <laughs> As I see your your uh, kid walk in the door behind you and I'm swearing. <laughs> Whoops. Oh, trust me, it's COVID. He's heard worse lately, unfortunately. <laughs> I'm sorry Is about that, man. Hi. Hey, bud. How you Here's doing? What's up, buddy? Nice. So, Patrol, man, it sounds like a very wide variety you guys got a lot of tools in your toolbox right you guys do the patrol thing you guys do the prevention work but you're also typically qualified as single resource and you guys can basically do hood rat with stuff with your friends all the time so go through a day in the life of your job because this is pretty fascinating to me because i don't know shit about it like i said oh yeah i would i'll start with me because i love my job so much um yeah, being a seasonal prevention or even so the way they do it in region five is pretty much all preventions are permanent. And I'll let Ricky get into that. But outside of region five, you generally have one permanent patrol per district and they're considered the lead patrol, usually a GS six, GS seven patrol. And under them, they have seasonal GS fours and GS fives. And we are fortunate enough here where I work to we have enough people we can kind of run it like you know a module and we show up in the morning to briefing you know do our six minutes sit rep weather get all that out of the way um you know you you come together know what the daily objectives are share information all that stuff but then the best part about it is you are a single resource you have your own truck you're responsible for your own area and your own area's needs concerns and all that kind of thing so So pretty much after briefing a quick yeah, question with that, it. man. Like, are you guys considered supervisory or do you guys like pretty much answer to no one except for your four supervisor? So <laughs> I don't want to say we answer to no one. It, it does. It varies. So we have a pretty clear cut chain of command. Um, I'm pretty sure my supervisor, the lead patrol is considered supervisory, but as a seasonal, I am not. Um, I have the same chain of command that like, uh, you know, anyone on an engine would, it goes to my direct supervisor, who's the lead prevention to usually an, uh, AFMO to an FMO, then to, you know, district fire staff and then, uh, force supervisor, whatever district ranger kind of thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's sorry, Ricky, you want to jump in? No, 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 no. You no, please. I apologize. Oh. I interrupt you. You finish because that's what we'll talk about. Um, each forest and even, uh, each state, it totally varies, but no, Brian, I apologize. Please finish. All good. Yeah. So, uh, like I was saying here where I am, um, you have your lead patrol and here we, we are, we have two fives on one of the fives and then we have uh, two fours plus the lookouts. And uh, after that, yeah, we go into our own trucks. We go to our own response areas or area of responsibility and we patrol that. We're expected to be outside in the forest, pretty much constantly patrolling in our truck. Our truck is our office. Um, so one weird thing is you, kind of instantly become a single resource qualified as a prevention technician. You'll get something called a prevention technician on your red card and you can go out single resource as a prevention technician. 
Um, but then you're also going to, <laughs> you're also going to be responsible, uh, as an FPO, you can go out single resources that, um, so yeah, you go through the forest on a daily basis, contacting people about campfires. If you're in fire restrictions, that kind of makes your job a lot busier. You're going to be contacting a lot more people depending on what the restrictions are. And then you're also responsible for responding to any fires that come off. You know, you're going to be an initial attack resource. And then when you get there, your responsibilities are going to be different than an engine. Um, this is maybe one of the reasons why patrols are seen as lazy, but probably not the entire reason when we get unseen, we're probably, you know, we're going to get our line gear on, get our tool, put our helmet in, check on, check in the dispatch, all that stuff. But we generally don't go straight to just cutting line with the rest of them. Um, are you guys usually like part of our establishing job command? Are you guys I was usually say a big part of our Oh, I was going to say, Sorry, are go you guys ahead, like, uh, are you guys usually getting in there first? Cause you're probably going to be the closest resource to be honest with you. So you guys are probably in there establishing it, command would be my assumption. Yeah, that's, that's the tentatively. idea. Tentatively. Yes. Yep. So we are, you know, just by the basis of it, we're in a smaller truck. We can get places quicker, easier, faster. And we're probably just going to be closer to the fire. Cause we're not back at station sitting on our butts. Like some of the engine slugs, just Ooh, kidding. Shots fired, but, um, <laughs> shots fired, man. But yeah. Um, so we're going to get on scene. We're going to, as we're driving to the scene of a fire, we're going to see if, you know, any weird stuff is coming out. Um, any, you know, suspicious vehicles, or if there's anyone suspicious on scene, try and take down that information. But yeah, we're trying to preserve the scene, preserve the origin. And don't get me wrong. If it's, you know, if they need us to go in and cut line, we'll go in and cut line without a doubt. But our main job is to try and get there, secure the scene, start up a fire investigation and tentatively be the incident commander until a higher qualified resource gets on scene. you know, something like an engine captain or something like that. I gotcha. Ricky, what do you got for it? Like a special tea to your, your neck of the woods there. No, and the, and like I said, look at uh, there's no, I'm not negating anything Ryan does. Uh, I envy him what he does. It, again, it's it just has to do with the animal that each of us work on. I, I would like to work on his animal for a little while. That'd be nice because, um, like for example, <laughs> one, of the, one of the debates uh, Ryan and I've talked about is uh, uh, where he's at. They don't run code three. They don't have license sirens on their rigs. We do. Um, yeah, we are. Um, we fall under so we have i think i want to say i can't do math tonight for it's just been a long couple days um (laughs) we have i think 11 or 12 patrols on the angeles on the forest my district on the the gateway which is like the uh uh the section of the forest the angeles that we're on um is separated so we have a whole north section which is attached to the lp and then we have the fire freeway that goes between it so we have separation so there's a ton of our forest that's such it's so much wildland urban interface so that's one of the reasons that makes it so diverse and and we have so many mutual aid agreements a great aid agreement with so many different cooperators it's it's mind-boggling i have like 15 different just in my patrol area alone different agencies that i work with that are fire it's just there's that many of them right there's there's a ton um we are depending on i have other patrols i work with on my district there is uh, six or five of us on my district and what we have a lot of the patrols on different forests like the san bernardino i believe and even on the cleveland um prevention patrols fall under the fuels battalion that's who they follow um on the angeles we have our own prevention battalion which is depending upon their qualifications they are a uh 
uh, but and again, it's AFMO or it's uh, I always get it wrong because it's all on the slang where, where we play county and city on the Angeles all day long. So we have more of the county city terms that we run with. Honest to God. So yeah. It's like AFMO. I got to think about it. It's like, hey, my battalion chief. Um, and when my yep. battalion chief is not there um, and um, that one, uh, my boss is not duty officer qualified, but uh, is this close? So when they get certified and signed off, um, they will be duty officer qualified. So then it makes no difference to me. Just they will be filling in for the district engines and hot shot crews and all the other stuff at times. Um, when that person is my boss is on assignment, like right now, I work for the division. I work for my division. I work for division one. I gotcha. And then even right now, division one is on a, he's on the lake fire. So I work for a swing battalion right now. And the swing battalion right now happens to be our fuels battalion, but uh, we have a good relationship and, and he's a good guy. And it's, it's, there's no, uh, I think, again, I do a lot of stuff with fuels and um, I think they're outstanding and no forest could survive without the fuels program, I believe. So I do whatever they need help with. We fall trees together. I get experience. Um, but um, I lost track of a little bit. What else were we talking about? I, it's again, <laughs> I, I get, I get caught up in so much of the stuff, but Oh, uh, so, so some of the things like what Ryan was saying is, as a patrol, because we're the smaller, faster unit, we are expected to set up ICS as we get on scene. So like he was saying, um, there's many fires. And again, this will get into a few acronyms. I will go slow because I have to think about this stuff half the time going, I don't know where the hell I'm at. We have so many on the Angeles as do many other forests. You know, we have our mutual aid agreements. We have our LRA, which is our local response area, or sorry, local response area, or it's yeah, it's local. So it's like, that's like county. Um, and then we have our, our FRA, which are federal response area. That's us. That's all green stuff all day long, no matter what. And then there's SRA, which is state response area or responsibility. It, it's, there's so many of these terms and we have so many checkerboarded pieces of maps. Um, I mean, we have a Venza on our phones and our work phones and our tablets and our rigs because we have, um, we have iPads with all the DPA maps and all this stuff. It, it really comes down to this job, especially, which is very unnerving as again, um, single resource stuff. Um, I'm, I'm crew boss certified. I'm a engine boss trainee. I'm almost done. Um, I have a bunch more other quals and trainees that I am, but as you said, it's like, uh, I'm an IC4 trainee. So it's like, um, I do get on scene. I, I establish incident command or I'm agency rep depending upon if we have found out if it's on our jurisdiction or it's not our jurisdiction. And there's a handful of times it's that thin line. It's so close going, ah, I will be so-and-so I see until we establish uh, whose ownership it is. Oh, a lot man. of times we'll give them that long right away and they'll tell us it's ours or theirs. Okay. Then I'm agency rep. <laughs> it's those nut hair fires where yeah. it's on the nut hair of the district. Yeah. Or absolutely. Yeah. Whoever takes ownership. We had a DPA but, up in North uh, when I was up in another area. I'm not going to disclose where that exactly was, but uh, yeah, it was like one of those situations where you had to like really establish command. Is this, Hey, is this going to be this zone or is it going to be state? Is it going to be private? Yada, 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 because it was one of those checkerboard situations. Absolutely. It's hard. No, it, it really is. Um, no, it's, it's like I said, and there's many times like uh, we had a fire not that long ago. It was, I was not that first. I was like maybe third resource on scene, maybe fourth. It was so hot. We couldn't remotely get to the point or it was impossible. So at that point I, I tied in with uh, uh, one of the engines. I started shuttling hose packs 
from there I left and then I went over to operations and I started uh, doing IC4 stuff, just starting jotting stuff down the back of the IC rigs with uh, all the other co-ops. Okay, well, here's what we got, this resource. So you really, as a patrol at times, um, you get in where you can fit in and you do everything possible to uh, to um, make the, what is the, the, the mission successful. So look, I mean, I'll tell you mm -hmm. so many times, Hey, we got a fire here. It's like, Hey, the point of origin is there. Cool. They got flagging on it. We need a lookout. I'm going to go up there for the next 20, 30 minutes, unless you can get somebody to replace me. I'm going to be up there as lookout. Um, there's a fire. I was a lookout. I was a, <laughs> I went down and scouted for water sources for a, a water tender and, and, and going back and, and Ryan will agree with this one. Like the craziness that depends upon, um, many of the forests. It would, one thing that is amazing about a lot of the federal agencies uh, it doesn't matter what force you're on is the qualifications and the helmets and the hats that we wear at different times. Right. Okay. Ryan keeps no. saying, I'm just a seasonal, whatever, dude, you have many qualifications. Others don't never discredit yourself because I know how hard you work. And that's why it's a privilege to be friends with you. Cause I know damn well how much fun you and I had working together, but at the same without time, without a doubt, man, I, I tell you when I've been at our district office and again, Ryan will vouch for this in the same day. And I'm not even kidding you. I've gone from the dozer tender swamper as a swamper to driving on an engine to uh, bumping in as a man on a hotshot crew to um, God, what else did I do? I'm uh, filling back, filling in on a patrol that I, before I was a patrol. I, this is, this is in the same day. This is all before 10 o'clock. This is all in the one shift. I, 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 I kid you not. I mean, this is like, this is yep. a typical mid, mid of the middle of fire season in the Angeles. Jesus. So that raises Dude, another yeah, question. Totally. Too. Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Oh, I was just going to say, man, that's one of the things I love about this job is uh, totally noticed as a patrol. Yeah, I've started in logistics, been a road guard, had to go do FPO work. And at the end of the day, you know, I'm digging line with the rest of them, man. That's the one of the best parts about being a patrol. Jesus. That sounds pretty complex, though. I mean, so one thing I was going to ask you guys is like, do you guys have to do uh, respond to any medical calls? I mean, do you guys EMT qualified or anything like that? Luckily, no, <laughs> I, I'm not qualified, but yes, we respond and medical aids are half of Ricky's, you know, butter and bread, man. Um, here on the Coconino, we will respond to them if they're on our forest and there's a big traffic collision. Um, but honestly, the main reason we are responding to a traffic accident is for the threat of fire. Um, it's really not to treat the patient. Um, on, you know, on the Angeles, I hate to keep saying that Ricky will say all about it. It's a little bit different there, but here our main directive is to stop the fire spreading the wildland. And luckily there's other resources and other fire departments within the forest that I'm on that usually respond to that stuff. And I don't have to deal with it as much, but even when I was a rec tech on the Angeles, man, like, yeah, I would roll up and be first on scene to a rollover accident with traumatic injuries. And Ooh. yeah, it's hard. It's hard, man. Yeah. So explain. Uh, yeah. What's up with the, uh, the medical stuff on your end up in the Angeles, Ricky. Okay. So <clears throat> I have to be careful about this one. Well, yeah. I mean, don't obviously um, disclose. So, so here's the thing. Um, I am an EMT. We have many EMTs. Um, working as the Angelus, we are not hired and or employed as EMTs. We are always and will always work as first responders unless trained otherwise. And that's that's not in any uh, anything coming out anytime soon. So always making sure you know what you're doing. Again, it, look, it, it's not hard to stay within your scope of practice. It, no. it really is not. 
Um, that's where a lot of people make the misconception and get in trouble is like, look, I did this, this, like, look at, that's not, that's not what we do. That's not what you're trained to do. Uh, for example, here's a little like a, a gray area one and hopefully this doesn't get me in trouble. Um, for example, um, a lot of us are trained on low angle rescue or high angle, or I'm sorry, low angle rescue. Uh, we are not allowed to go over the side unless certified or we have certain equipment on our engines or our rig. However, if I threw a, a one inch stick, a hose down the thing and rappelled off that or just held on and grabbed something or helped pull somebody out, I'm, 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 in, I'm in compliance. But as soon as I touch a rope and go over with a rope or assist myself out with a rope, I'm, I'm voiding policy by doing that. So we, there's things that we are very cautious and watch what we do. But um, as being, again, 99%, I actually say my medical aids are like five every weekend now. It's, it's really gone up that much, Ryan. I've been on, again, one of the things working with Ryan there as a, a he keeps negating himself as a rec tech. Uh, he was rec tech at first there, and he's still talking about this day because uh, nobody can fill the shoes that he did. He did an outstanding job. Um, and I will tell you that he would come upon many fires many accidents and he was very cool and calm in the radio and he did an outstanding job. So what happens with us, because again, it's fatality road rat. It's, it's 90% of the guys we have an accident with they're airlifted off uh, LA County Sheriff's air five rescue medics. Um, so we have two engines that respond and a patrol uh, depends on where it is. They'll cancel one engine, but lately that's they're continuing them because the amount of traffic and people's insanity so it's literally, we're closing the highway down if we have to. Uh, we set one engine up for a hella spot. They wet it down if need be, or it's the highway. Uh, Air 5 or LA County sets down, and then we talk to them on their attack channels. Now, like, for example, here's one thing I'll talk about. Uh, every time we get a medical, we are not on ForestNet. Uh, we'll have the initial dispatch on ForestNet, but because medicals are county's responsibility, it is their jurisdiction, and it's their medical call. So from there, they will dispatch us out and we will all acknowledge and then go switch over to their techs. Gotcha. Uh, V-Fire, uh, air, um, or, um, air to ground, and we'll go from there. And usually it's, depending upon the day on the Angeles with uh, comms, uh, it's, we have our county and our locals that we work with a lot of, so we know what tech channels we're going to hit them on automatically. Lately, that's changed a whole lot, so we've been having a couple little hiccups. However, we've mitigated safely and made it work, and there's been no actual issues and we're making it happen as far as cons so, goes oh yeah no it's usually they know what they get so we're usually prepping them and again we're always treating the patient i'm sorry we're always assisting county on patient care um we do not sign ama because we have no medical authority to do so you guys don't so have medical direction from okay no we do you not. guys do it's la county does so again that's why we're always uh we are always assisting la county we're always going to respond to medical aids. Uh, search and rescues half the time. It's hit and miss on the year when we do respond to those because unless it's actually somebody hurt or it's just somebody possibly lost, uh, LA County Search and Rescue and LA County Fire, they're going to respond to that and the Sheriff's Department. We do not always, sometimes we do, not always, medicals and somebody actually gets hurt to expedite uh, the saving of a life and um, it, that we will we will respond because we've been doing it so long we can't stop now um many forests around yeah. the nation um we go down to cleveland they don't cal fire does but it's because cal fire and those guys have either co-op stations or cal fire has stations in the forest county does not their their eta i mean county's at the bottom of the crest half the time and it's like the 
90% of the accidents are at mile marker 50. Yeah. And so that's a solid 45 miles County has to drive to even get to them. And between that, we have one, two, three, four, we have four engines closer all within, you know, uh, five, 10 minutes away from the accident every time. I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like Ricky was saying, uh, there's, I should go back. Like I was saying, we are here on the Coquinino. We'll respond to a medical aid, mostly for the threat of fire, but don't get me wrong. We're first responders. We're trade in basic first aid, basic CPR. If I roll up, I'm first on scene and there's somebody bleeding. I'm going to treat them. I did it on the Angeles. I'm going to start treating them, do the ABC stuff like that. And because County is just so far away from where the incident is, we're as forest service, once, you know, engines get there, we're usually packaging them up, you know, getting the patient ready, doing the assessment. And pretty much by the time County gets there, we're just kind of handing them over to County, uh, especially on the Angeles. I got you. Well, it's, it's, it's got to have like an influx of people like, well, we already talked about this. There's a huge influx of people going out to public lands, especially with the rise of COVID. Yay. Joy. My favorite subject in the world. But yeah, I mean, I can understand like the huge influx that you guys would have as far as uh, loading, you know, in in medical calls, if you guys do take them. And I know that the Angelus and the Coconino are completely different as far as scope of practice goes, but yeah, occasionally you have to roll upon that. And before we even started the show, I mean, sometimes you have to do those search and rescues where they turn into, you know, recovery too. Uh, yeah. yeah, that sucks. Ricky, you were talking about that too. And Ryan, you've experienced that as well. Like there's, you know, people go out in the middle of the woods and they commit suicide and you guys have to roll up on that occasionally, yeah. which sucks. Yeah. And as a patrol. Yeah. Yep. And as a patrol, that's just kind of the name of the game. I mean, you're going to be out going to trailheads, going to recreation sites, you know, checking cars just to make sure nobody's out there lost. And you're just going up to them, doing your daily walkthrough and boom, there's a dead body with a gunshot through its head. It's, you know, pretty every single forest I've worked on is it's happened every single year. Um, it, Especially this year, we've just had a massive influx of people going into the forest because, you know, not as many people are working. The kids are out of school. They need something to do with them. And we we even get some of the people. Wait for the holiday. It's going to get worse. I'm Don't even say the word Labor Day or anything like that. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. She's me too. I, I hope so. But yeah, just, I mean, in the last four to five years, we've seen a two to 400% increase in a lot of our rec sites and camping areas, but that's just in general, this year has just been a whole different world where people are literally dragging their camper out to the wilderness and living on the forest. Um, and there's different, you know, we have rules in place to keep people from abandoning their property and staying too long. Most forest is a 14 day on the forest. And then you have to leave for 16 or within a 30 day period, however you want to say it. Um, but they get around it. Um, and they, you know, we have constitutionalists that want to break out the constitution and say, this is their public lands and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, yeah, just going back to the whole influx of people as a patrol, um, you come up on everything. And unfortunately some of it is, you know, not a person's best day, just to put it frankly. God, man. Yeah. That's, that's really tragic, man. That sucks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, I hate to shovel it off as like one of those things that you just kind of have to deal with because that's really traumatic, especially for your mental health, man. Hey, yeah. Can I touch on that real quick, yeah. Brian? Hey, so, so Please. Oh God, I, 
I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to, Oh, I'm going to top this one. I can, I don't need to. Uh, the biggest thing that I, I want to take, for, I want to actually, this is what I, I, I don't like to be on a soapbox and preach very often, but this, this one I do. Um, I work with a lot of CHP on all the, on the accidents and the last two months we have a brand new uh, graduating class from uh, the Academy and they're all, I've talked to like eight different uh, CHP officers. They're all, they all just graduated in February. Um, and I'm super easy going. I'm like, Hey, check this out. Half the time they're like, Hey, was I supposed to do the 150? It's like, what's the 150 again? Oh yes. You're the one that's supposed to actually call for the tow when the vehicle is smashed. That is your responsibility not ours. So there's, I jokingly know certain things that require to do on good working relationships with our co-ops, but my biggest thing, and I tell, I've told Ryan this, um, I've told, I tell all the new seasonals. I tell, I tell people I shouldn't tell this to, but look at, we deal with so much death and dismemberment that it is mentally unhealthy. It's not healthy for you. I worked on an ambulance. I've been an EMT for well over 20 years. Um, I've seen a lot of death. There's a lot of stuff you do not forget. Um, it's all on. You need to be able to have, excuse me. You need to be mentally healthy in this job because it's a mind screw of every aspect of everything. Cause you never know when you're going to come home. You know, when the fire is going to end, you're going to let your family down. There's so many things that dwell on you all of the time. And it's that mental health that really bothers you. But I'll tell you, it's like, look at, we're going to have fatalities. Um, I'm a father. I have kids. I pray to God. I don't ever come up on kids and I know it's going to happen because it's going to destroy me. Um, but if you do not have to look at faces and if you do not have to stand or be near bodies, have respect, cover it up and go stand on the other side of the engine or whatnot. Um, I tell a lot of people this all the time. I have utmost respect for law enforcement. They have the hardest, dirtiest job that anybody could ever have. And they get little to no respect. Um, and I'll tell you, they see the worst of people. And I have a lot of friends that are law enforcement. And I, I tell you, um, a lot of people get divorces from it because they can't handle it. Some people can, and they just don't handle it well. Just don't but, have like a healthy outlet yeah. for it. No, you really, that's, I'm telling you, look at, there's a lot of us that um, have it, you know, you have to take a, something off the, the edge off sometimes. And then you have your kids. They want to just love you and tell you every aspect of their day. And sometimes you have to control it. You just need to like, leave me alone. And it's, and, and I never do that often. I can't say I don't, but it's like, I try not to because they just want to be a, a part of you and know what you're doing. And it's like, you're just trying to protect them from what you saw. But at the same time, yeah. it's, it's, if you don't need to look at it, don't cover it up, um, do the report. And like, I know people that have had major, um, God, what is it? The, uh, uh, PTSD from it. They scream, they have night terrors because of so many dead fatality accidents they've seen on the crest and whatnot. And it's like, look, I've seen, I've had five bodies this year. I'm not even talking accidents. So it's like, I'm probably like closer to nine or 10 deaths this year between suicides, car accidents. Holy shit. It's not a number to brag about or, Oh, I've seen this many. Oh, hell no. And in the best part of, I'm sorry, the best, the only part about it that I could say is that, um, I, I know when I need to talk to somebody, um, one thing I will, I will applaud, uh, the Angelus hands down on the amount of critical stress debriefing counselors we have here. Um, there's a ton yeah. of them and there's a few that I didn't even realize we had. Um, yeah. cause you guys all know there's times that just this job will wear you down and shit just eats at you and it is, uh, it'll break you. So oh, yeah. it's, it's just, just having the, the, the no to just go, Hey man, look, I need a break for a minute. Or this is really like, 
that bothered me. I just need a minute, you know, and I've had good, I've had good uh, uh, response from overhead and I've had no issue. And I'll tell you, they know when I'm on the radio because I'm uh, I'm going to say it. I'm the ship magnet patrol. I get everything possible that you could. <laughs> oh yeah. Going, you got what? Um, Dude. Even, yeah. Even, that was my nickname at dispatch. Yes. <laughs> it was uh so this the uh talk about what ricky was talking about in terms of uh seeing dead stuff seeing dead bodies like i don't know if i would have taken this career path i wanted to get in law enforcement for some crazy reason but then this just i got bit by the fire bug but if i would have known i would have seen people literally take their last breath in front of me and volcano out blood out of their mouth as we're trying to do CPR on them. Like I would have realized I was getting into that stuff. I possibly would have rethought it, but not that I regret any of it. I'm just really glad that I've had the people around me to, for, you know, for a lack of a better term, walk me through it and just say, Hey man, you know, do you want to talk about this and do an AAR after? And, you know, to be able to, really just break down the whole macho barrier and fire about not being able to talk about your feelings or what you experience personally. Um, that was something I was really grateful for, grateful for that, you know, some engine captains would just be like, Hey man, come in, let's talk about this. Do you need half a day off or whatever? And you know, I'm really thankful to have that without a doubt. That's one of those things that I'm stoked to be seeing. It's it's becoming more prevalent is that hard ass salty attitude is kind of going by the wayside. It's going the way of the Dodo. Kinda. I mean, it's slowly, slowly but surely. It, it is. It really is. Uh, I think a lot of firefighters, uh, wildlife firefighters, are getting softer though. But I think I also was. I was raised, or I started when it was. Uh, um, it was when it was like shut up and dig. You know, it was yeah. like you know. It, <laughs> You're old school. I'm like the middle school of it. I guess you could say. So I kind of experienced both school. sides. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of cool, though, because with this conversation right here, you can see the old school, you can see the in-between, and then you can see the newer school of thought, which is pretty cool. I think I'm sure, man. Yeah, like Ricky was... Like Ricky was saying, man, like he, he had the nickname shit magnet. I, I would literally call in the dispatch and be like, Hey, it's a shit magnet calling. And they would know exactly who I am. <laughs> Cause I mean, there was, a, there was multiple days where I remember ending. I, it had just been one of those days where like the world was on fire and we're dealing with all this stuff and closing down recreation sites and setting up blockades and go back to the district office on the Angeles and call out a service as I'm going through the gate, you know, all right, cool. Out of service. Woof. Drive up to the hell of spot where my POV is parked, you know, trying to get to my personal car. And there is some half naked meth hat up there trying <laughs> to break into our personal cars. And I just roll up on my case, sirs. Can I help you with something? I, I remember goes, hearing about that. Oh, yeah. And he goes, Oh, thank God you're here. And just try, opens up my door and goes, all right, man, you got to get me out of here. They're after me. And I'm like, dude, uh, uh, like trying to figure out what to do, make up some ridiculous plan with him. He, he ends up getting out of my cab of my truck, jumps in the pickup bed, sits on the cooler and goes, yeah, pony. Yeah, let's go. And, uh, you just deal with the craziest stuff every single day. When you think your day is done, it just never ends in this job. It's kind of ridiculous sometimes God, man. man like stuff you just you just don't even believe you're telling the damn story but that's exactly how it happened <laughs> <laughs> i think that's yeah that's pretty wild man 
<laughs> dude th- mm-hmm. that sucks though it, it's good though because like you know like i mean yeah this job i mean whether you're in the operation side of things like with suppression you know or on the patrol side or whatever you know in between uh I, I do enjoy the fact that there's more people that are actually more comfortable speaking out and talking to each other, that peer support model is getting better. And then on top of that, we have a ton of uh, nonprofits and private entities coming out the woodworks right now to address this problem of me- mental health, man. I mean, shit, dude, I was reading oh, yeah. a couple studies where we have like a 55%, 55% of suicidal ideations across the entire wildland community. And there were 30% higher uh, on average than the general populace to commit suicide and actually like go through with it. Yeah. It's freaking crazy. And Man, I'm pretty sure someone's going to correct me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, I, I think someone's going to, I'm pretty sure someone's going to correct me with those numbers. I'm just kind of trying to remember exactly what sure. they were, but, uh, yeah, we got Firemind, uh, Nelda St. Clair's nonprofit, which is starting up in October. It's going live. You've got the one foot in the black and yeah. foundation, which is coming up here pretty soon. You got Wildland Firefighter Foundation, and then you just got, you know, individual peer support and SISM teams and all this other stuff within the agency. So I think that's doing good for us. Yep. And I wish we could uh, spread the word more about that stuff to our entry level seasonal firefighters, because honestly, I wasn't really even aware of SISMs, I want to say, the first year at all. Um, But then once I learned about it more, I wish it would just, it's, it's getting there, but I wish it was one of those things almost talked about in, you know, RT 130 and your, you know, critical 80, there should just be a day dedicated to letting you know, those resources exist and how to access those resources. Oh, absolutely. That would be awesome. In my opinion. We, we do have that. We actually, we do a lot of that and we have the boards at the station that talk about that. Like there's the uh, employee, um, association that can help you with multiple different things, financial. Uh, I, I think again, like you said, we can go back and touch real quick on just, no, it is. It's that it's the machismo attitude that a lot of us are like, Oh no, I'm fine. Um, I, there's still not a lot of people that do talk about it stuff, but there's a lot of help that, that we you know we preach on it. We actually do a ton of training on it and it's beaten into us quite a bit, but most stations have, uh, we have full boards that talk about reprisal, uh, your pay, like of, how to get help, um, sexual harassment, all that stuff. It's all the it's EAP clear, shit. But it's, 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 I mean, it's all the stuff they legally have to post, but they beat it into us to where it's like, if you don't know where it is, it's like, dude, you're not listening to anything, <laughs> but no, we, we got yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. We have it. We have it here. But again, I'm not, not knocking it. We have literally a eight foot by four foot board at the station up in the garage and up in the station that has all that information. So <laughs> see, that's a crazy thing. Yeah, though. I totally agree, man. Yeah. Well, that's a crazy thing. I don't though. think it should be. No, go ahead. Sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I was going to say, uh, <laughs> that's an all time record right there. Oh, man. Go ahead, dude. Oh, one more. Seriously. One more. Let's do it. One more. One more. <laughs> I was just clarifying, man. It's one of those things. I don't think it's necessary. The agency definitely pushes out all the information. Um, as a, a culture, um, I think it's one of those things that we are slowly more and more talking about. And I guess it just depends on what station you're in. I mean, it's always, yeah, there's the board and everything. But it's one thing I hope to see we continuously talk about it throughout the year. I do too, man. That's the thing is like, that's it. It varies too. You literally took the words out of my mouth there. It varies so much from district to district, forest to forest, station to station on how well these EAP programs that are part of our paycheck essentially 
we they're, yeah. they're free to us. Yeah. I mean, we can use them, but how much they're pushed, you know, per station or whatever district or whatever, you know, the, the only thing that it kind of concerns me about that is it's, you know, if you need like mental health help, like true, real shit, like shit's going down, you need to talk to a clinician. Uh-huh. The only problem that the beef, the major beef that I have with that is typically they just assign you some random person who's contracted to the federal government that doesn't speak the language of a firefighter. They're not culturally yeah, competent. Okay. You're right. Okay. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Um, I, I, and that's why I said, it's like, uh, um, so, so touching back on that real quick for like a half second, it, it, it is the, again, coming in this a little old school, um, not entirely old school, but, um, we are the kinder, gentler, more forest service is what we kind of teasingly say it now. Um, we have way more rights than we originally always had, if that makes any sense at all. True. Um, but no, that's what it is. It's, it's the the help you can seek outside does not and that's the greatest way you could have said that does not they don't understand what we do they have no clue what our job is and what we actually see so when you do talk to people they're like what the hell are you talking about like that's my job i thought you were a firefighter and they look at you like you're crazy oh it's like yes yes thank you thank you very much you're clearly listening to what i'm telling you what i do but you're right they don't speak it at live in agency non-professional uh, listeners like, like, like the, like this, like the, the SISM people or the people trained in that stuff, they understand it, but all they can do is point you into who to talk to or what number or what you might want to do. And sometimes even if you find your go outside and get your own help, which sometimes I preach that a little bit more again, preachy sometimes, um, if you have different insurance, do it through there. Yep. You're already paying your own stuff. It's like what you're spending 10 bucks out of pocket for a little bit better care than you're going to get from workman's comp stuff. Uh, that's just my two cents. And that's another thing too, man, is that workman's comp. Oh man, is that a struggle? But back to the mental health thing though. I mean, it, that's the thing that I'd like to see change. Uh, it, it, it is changing, right? So you can be a kind and sensitive yet be still be a, person yet still be a fucking savage at the same time. You can have all three. You can have all 100%. three. Yeah. Yep. So, but God, dude, oh man, OWCP. Look at, I'm going to, I'll chime in and it's, it's, this is personal information. Um, my wife was, uh, she was, uh, she teaches at a high school that had a school shooting recently and oh shit, she, I'm sorry. it's no, no, no. So it dealing with the, um, workman's comp of mental health counseling, absolutely terrible. Oh yeah. So like I said, look at, the workman's comp stuff. I'm not talking forest service. I'm just talking workman's comp with any job. It's, it is look, sometimes I tell people just pay the couple bucks, go see somebody here. Here's a hundred bucks, dude. If you need more, go take, go talk to somebody. Um, there's some people I would take care of more than others. And there's some people it's like, Hey man, they need to talk to somebody. And I'll, I'll tell a supervisor that, Hey, they're, they're not right. Somebody needs to talk to them. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw myself on the grenade. I'll, I'll get somebody pissed at me, but look, if I think somebody's not right and there's a few times that we've seen them all, we've all been in those days going, and dude, you're not yep. sleeping. Are you? No, I haven't slept in like a nope. week. <laughs> I haven't slept at all. Give me a can of Copenhagen. Cold, I'm good. I got, I got some chew. I'm all right. Oh, yeah. Man. It's, it's, we don't take care of each other enough in this job. Um, and I try to, I try to do it to, I help too many people. Sometimes it'll bite me in the ass. But as a culture, um, we preach that we do. We're fire family, fire fit. But at the same time, um, 
we do take care of each other, just not enough. Sometimes it's just, there's, there's not enough brother sisterly love. I mean, look at it again. It's the old cold, old school culture mixed in with just, it's the job. That's what it is. And it's like, and I'm not talking about hazing. That's the stuff you can't do, but I'm talking about, look at, for example, you're at a station and everybody jabs at you. Like everybody just talks crap. Oh, would you do this time? Oh, jackass. Dumbass. Yeah. That's when you're not though. getting that, you're not liked. It's part of the job. Exactly. Look, if you can, if you razz each other, which this job is 90% of like, I always do the percentage. It's like, it's like mostly it's like, dude, you just talk smack to each other. If you don't have this in this job, this job will eat you alive because you were in your mind so much of, because you have, for example, as a, as a wildland person, you have, especially in Southern California, there is no off season anymore. Nope, um, it's I your tell you, fucking round, dude. It's like, I tell you, there was one year, my wife had to bring the kids to the station because I was home the entire month of December, five days. And it was, we were on fires. We were doing 24 hour shifts nonstop, which again, 2017. Is that like Thomas? Yeah, that one too. I took, a, I took a couple <laughs> extra off that year, but no, there's, there's years that where it's, and it sucks because I hate to say, Oh my God, it's so much good overtime. It is. But at the same time, you are fatigued like no other because it's you're at the station, you're milling around, you're not getting good rest whatsoever, sleeping on an air mattress or a cot. And people don't realize that this is a stuff that kills you mentally. And it physically, the cortisone levels in our bodies from the stress and lack of sleep is going to kill us. That's what you need to work on your mental health. And you're like, like I said, I took my days off. I, I had to, I had too much going on. I need I'm, I'm worn out. Yeah, but dude, look at that addiction yep. factor that we have to overtime, man. L- let's be honest here. We're not paid a decent wage. We're not. Just period. I mean, we're you, not. you can go work in In-N-Out Burger and make the same friggin' wages as a GS6 in some states, in some localities, right? Yeah. But that's another thing, too, is like, we, yeah, it, it's, it's that weird trade-off to where, like, every firefighter secretly dark, like, inside of them, they kind of pray for some overtime, which sucks because the public doesn't want to see the land on fire. But unfortunately, from our point of view, that's the only way we can fucking survive through the winter. No, it's... You're, oh, no, you're 100% you're right. right on that. No, sorry, Ryan, go for it. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the overtime, it's weird. We have that strange addiction with it where I've had the conversation with my significant other multiple times and she's on a type two incident management team and we're supposed to meet, you know, have a weekend together, but it's like, Hey, you know what? We're trying to save up some money, Not this time you know, just go not. for it kind of thing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just see, even as a firefighter, you know, seasonal, I gobble up pretty much any overtime I can, as long as I'm not beating my head against the wall and you know, things are fine at home kind of thing. And, and here's one thing I'll chime on that. So look at, I have two young kids and I, I, I still, I still do minimum 500 hours overtime a year minimum. Um, I really honestly average really eight. I'm always at the 800 range, give or take. Um, and I, I, and I, I'm, <sighs> I turn a lot of stuff down and it's because uh, my wife is a single wife mother all the time. And she's now it's really hard because of right now, if I'm not, I, I told the, the chiefs with all this homeschooling stuff, I need my days off right now. I'm working some of them for fires, but I'll tell you right now, it's like, look, I gotta, I have to teach one of my kids, one kid self-sufficient and my wife's teaching all her classes. Cause she's teaching high school from the house. So it's really making it more stressful of like, all right. Hey, I'm going to work for the next week. I'm going to work all these overtime days. Then I'll have my days off. So it's, and then, or it's like, 
then it, then it comes into play where it's like, look, Hey, I'm going to work an overtime day, but then I'm, I'm going to need to take a sick day, a day during the week. Can I do that? You know, I, I don't, during this COVID stuff, I, it's, they, it hasn't happened yet, but it's like, really, that's like in the, that I'm almost going to have to plan for like a, Hey, can I take an annual leave this day? Why that? Why, why a Monday? Uh, my wife's got a meeting. She's got to go to the school. I don't have any what's the kids. You don't have anybody? No, dude, this is online COVID. We don't have a choice. So there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes into play where, trust me, we, we like to travel. We like to have fun with the kids. And, and yeah, right now it's hard because I've turned down a lot of overtime lately. And it's like, look, my kid, my kids are, my wife and kids are number one. This job is number two and it will always be that way. However, I love my job. Hands down, I love my wife and kids way more. And I, hopefully they'll love me for longer than I can think, but we'll see what happens when I piss them off. <laughs> but, but that overtime is what, like you said, if you look at our base numbers, um, we're borderline food stamp worthy. Most of us, depending upon where we're at, even Southern California, we're like really pushing that envelope. We oh, yeah. are on that line, especially if you're not a permanent 26 and that was 26, 26, 26. Yeah. It's like, like even now we're changing our hiring practices where we started hiring fives. Um, we now have permanent seasonals. Um, I still entirely don't know what that looks like. I can't entirely say a hundred percent. That's what it is, but we have people that are not hired back again, but it's like, no dude, look at this says I'm permanently here. And, and most people can't figure out again, SoCal it's either, you know, it's either, uh, what is it? A uh, 13, 13 as a, as a seasonal, and like, like Ryan was for many years and I did it for years. It was awesome. Yeah. It was fun. I got fun employment. I got to hang out with the kids when they were little. Then I went back to work. You know, you, that's what you did. Yeah. But there, then there you have some responsibility, that, grow up and then you go to work all the time and you miss those days a little bit. But I'll tell you that the, the hard part is, is, is not being able to like base checks. I luckily in the last three years of my position, since I've promoted, I have not had a single base paycheck in over three years even if it's one or two hours overtime that I will give you to the, 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 the position that Ryan and I are in, we will always have the opportunity. Of course, again, most of my, a lot of my overtime comes from wintertime uh, medical calls, nonstop. Uh, the crest highway nightmare. People are morons. They drive too fast. They, it's just crazy. Yeah. But yeah. tell you, it's, it's that money. And you think about it the whole time going, ah, I don't want it, but Oh, Hey, I'll take an extra 10 hours. Sounds good. Need another hit of that I mean, addiction, that OT addiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's, you know. there's a reward for that though. That's the thing that sucks. You know, it's, it's like, I don't even know how to explain it, man. It's, it's like, you need that. You can't survive off of base eights period. No, but now, Especially where now you guys the hard are at. part, now the hard part in Southern California now would be because of how, how our high taxes are. And I'm sure you guys made look at now. It's like, I pray to God, I don't go over a certain overtime because if I hit over a certain amount, I'm going to be taxed so high uh, there was no point to work that money anyways. So now it's like, look, I, I have a cutoff. I really try not to go over a certain amount of money because I will literally pay. I and I'm zero. I'm one of those guys that like, I like getting a check. My the wife and I do that. We claim zero. So, you know, February, March rolls around. We get a large chunk back from the government because we've always claimed zero. That's what we like to do. That's just, that's just how we roll. Yeah. And, but, but even from that, it's like, we get taxed so high here. Now it's like, uh, Oh God, I, I, I'm at, I'm at 500 hours. I can't go I, 50 more is going to do 50 more hours overtime. Ah, uh, and it's like, dude, we're only in August. This is not good. I never yeah. know how much more overtime is coming. And it's like, no, we're going to pay. And that's where a lot of people suffer. And it's like, if you're not good with your finances, 
man, you're going to owe so much money. Instead of getting five grand back, you're going to be paying 10 grand back, especially the way it's going now. Nobody knows what we're going to be paying. Well, that's another thing really too. Scary. So speaking of taxes and like finances and everything like that, dude, we got lucky as wildland firefighters. Cause we, we got super lucky that this thing, this whole coronavirus thing hit early in the year. It, we had some time to figure some shit out, yeah. but could you imagine if this just hit us full bore in the middle of, I don't know, fucking July. Oh my God. Yeah. But here, here's, yeah. What I, here's what I'm, I'm concerned with right now. And because of the way, and again, we're not going to talk politics right now. However, um, we've already been furloughed how many times in the last couple of years. Um, I don't have that, that little extra savings that I did the first time and it was okay for those couple months. But I'll tell you, um, I really, really with the election coming up, I really see us getting furloughed really quickly. And I'm really concerned with that one. We'll see what happens, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, there's no really telling what's going to happen, you know, with no, no members. No, of election. Absolutely crazy. No yeah. idea. Well, that's I'm the waiting, thing too. I'm honest to God, I'm waiting for a, it's either zombies, aliens, or dinosaurs next. Because I mean, we've yeah, had what's it all next so on far. Apocalypse Bingo? <laughs> Seriously, that's the thing, though. It's like oh, it's it's like everything is so polarized right now, and that's what really bothers me about the state of the political. And this is about as political I'm ever going to get on this podcast. Besides climate change, that's something that I'm vehemently like hardcore pushing so anyways besides that it's like you either have like hardcore left or hardcore right there's no real in between what the hell happened it's just like the coronavirus it's even been polarized you have either team this is a death sentence or you have team this is a giant freaking hoax where's the nuance where's the in between because i'm sure the answer lies somewhere in between there no i exactly I'm, I'm, i'm with you there and that's the hard part ryan i apologize go for it Oh, no, I was just going to say, I didn't have much to add to it, brother. Go, it's all yours. I was just going to say that somewhere in the middle and us as public servants, we're encountering both the far right crazy, far left crazy and everywhere in between. And as a, you know, official, I don't want to say that, but at least the face of an agency, you have to walk that line right down the middle every single time you make a public contact because you don't know who you're dealing with. Like Ricky was saying, we are mandated to wear a mask at all our public contacts. Um, that's at least what we are mandated. Do people abide by that? Mostly not. I've had the public literally stick their head inside my door window. You know, I, I roll up to a campsite and before I can even get hi, how's it going out of my mouth? They are walking straight up to me and sticking their face, trying to smell my breath. And it just <laughs> blows my mind that some people are like that and other people don't even want you to to get out of your car to talk to them. So it's just two completely at different ends of the spectrum and having to balance that as a public official, you have to walk that line because if you stray one way to the left or one way to the right one time, that's probably going to be the one time you're end up on YouTube or something like that. Oh, exactly. You're not allowed to have an opinion as a, as a public servant period. Not at all. You're not. Now, like it's it's almost a blessing man i'm kind of glad i can just be neutral and when people ask me that stuff when i'm in uniform i just tell them you know what our policies are and how it's been laid out by the agency I, you know it's all i give them it's all you can yeah it's for it's, sure man it's it's definitely difficult because um uh, we're governed by the government and, and it really, it really goes back to it's, it's like, like I, like I said this earlier before 
Um, or I said the other day, I don't remember. I can't remember anything much anymore. <laughs> the CRS, it can't it, remember it, shit. <laughs> you, you nailed it though, exactly what you're saying. The problem with what is going on politically right now, and this is where it's not benefiting the public, and this is on both sides. It is so far left or right on both sides, and there is no fair meeting in the middle. And the problem is, is, is the governments on, again, everybody, um, they're doing us all an injustice by not working together, and they, and they all keep blaming each other. But that's the problem is that's not how this is supposed to go. You two need to, I mean, sorry, the groups need to come together and they have to amicably, amicably, I can't say the word, work together to benefit the people of the United States. And they're not doing that. And it's really making, um, I mean, even with this COVID, it's making every, it's got, I forgot, California suffering so bad. And it's, I mean, they just lifted something today and then the the mayor said, no, we're going to wait. It's like, come on. I could could go on for days. Consistency. on who I don't like yeah. or what I don't like. And that's not how I'm going to play this. It's, it's look, both sides need to come together and they need to uh, work together. It's just, that's that we, we voted people in office on all, all sides. And I'll tell you, I think there's going to be a mass. Uh, I think in the next, this year will be one of the largest voting we ever see in the world. And again, not saying what side I lean toward. I lean toward one. However, <clears throat> like you said, I think the hard part is, is I lean toward one side. However, there's many things from the other side that I agree with. So I really am fairly in the middle, but there is, you can't do that anymore. That's what makes it so difficult is you can't be like, oh, I like the Democrats. I like the Republicans. Oh no, you can't. You do that. Everybody's going to annex you and you're you're blackballed. And it's like, oh my God. You're canceled. And it's, and it's not how this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be again. And 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 this is, it's just terrible because we're in a free country for a reason. The problem is, is certain individuals and certain parties have taken it so far extreme again on both sides. You can't have any kind of opinion. You know, we have we have friends that they don't vote the same way we do. We are still excellent friends. We were at their house yesterday. That's how the world is supposed to be. We're not supposed to agree with each other. That's what makes humans unique is because we're all individuals and we all have unique opinions. And that's what makes us unique human individuals. Mm-hmm. So if we were all the same, it's like, that would be boring. No, you're just a robot at have that point. To hate each other because we don't agree with your opinion. <laughs> and that's two things that piss me off these yep. days, right? <sighs> that's two things that genuinely piss me off is like one with your friends and just society in general, you have to pass a litmus test to be accepted into their fold politically. Right or ideologically yeah. that sure. doesn't matter which side it is you have to pass it's that never happened test. until now no it's never happened until now and yeah. the other thing that pisses me off too is that these politicians they're referring to themselves as our leaders i have yeah. a huge opposition to that no 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 listen here no. you work for me representatives you work for yep. me period period representatives that's what i always tell people man it's your public land this is your land you know it's our land i should say you know and we all got to take care of it together absolutely and like like again gentlemen i actually went way over and i'm gonna get in trouble for my family like i said i have a house full of people um i'd like to do this again another day but i think the other hard part is is look at we're all there's too much hate in this world we're all the same. I don't care where you come from. We're all the same. We've bleed the same color. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all family, uh, man. People come to the forest, have a good time, pick up their trash, not think that they can do whatever they want. 
and everybody be respectful. This nobody respects anything. I just nope. man, I'm a happy person. I'm always Seriously. smiling. It's crazy. Yeah, these days. It, honestly, I think if people could just get out to their public lands, respect it, respect each other, and respect themselves, we'd all be a lot better, man. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? That's the quote of the night right there. <laughs> but yeah, guys, on that note, since you've got to go, man, let's just uh, call it. And uh, I think that's a good stepping off point for the end of the discussion. We covered a lot of topics. Uh, yeah. And I opened really opened my eyes to the uh, world of patrol and prevention. It's pretty damn cool what you guys do. Jack of all trades and well yeah i guess master of some <laughs> yeah we're master of something i just don't know what it is <laughs> <laughs> there you go well cool but then before we go to the show uh where can we find uh, ryan let's go with you first uh where can we find you online man and uh if you got a homie hero mentor give him a shout out oh man without a doubt i don't really use my personal account anymore um started up Mogi on rim fire patrol on good old Instagram. Just try and spread the word of Smokey bear and, you know, give some people some information about what's going on in their local forest. So you could definitely hit me up there. Um, Mogi on rim fire patrol on Instagram. Um, terms of mentors, crap, man, I got a lot of them. Obviously one's Ricky, you know, he taught me half of what I know about patrol, but, uh, everyone there over on the Angeles that, uh, gave me a chance. And, uh, you know, you know, let me work on their engine. Everyone at Chalau or Chaleo, however you want to say it, at I'm Clear Creek, Angeles Press. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Don't be um, sorry. But yeah, everyone tomato. on the Angeles, tomato, tomato. But even the even the <laughs> battalion chiefs and the division chiefs that actually gave me two seconds of their time. You know, when I was curious about opening up a new task book, all those guys. You know, even the people I worked up on the North Kaibab and. <laughs> Even the people I work with here on the Mogollon Rim right now, they're just any fire person I've worked with, I can genuinely say has helped me out a lot. But uh, can't forget Ray Kidd either. He was uh, the recreation officer and uh, he let me work as much fire OT as I wanted. And uh, yeah, that was the best 10 and a half months first season I ever had. So thanks, Ray. Hell yeah, dude. Ricky, how about you, man? So where can we find you and who do you got for a shout out homie hero mentor? Um, Ryan pretty much sealed that, um, on the Angeles, there's so many mentors. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to kiss anybody's butt by any means. Um, I, I I've had so many, um, he's not liked by many, but it's his, is his, it's, it's how he works. Um, I'm, I've made it to where I'm at. A lot of things as Matt Conklin. He's one of our battalion chiefs. Um, Bruce Steinberg, he doesn't work for us anymore. He's out on, I think he's out in Virginia. He was my captain at little T for probably seven years. Um, outstanding. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be a patrol or I wouldn't be an, I wouldn't be an investigator. Sorry. And then, um, uh, one of my old engineers, uh, Mark Munoz, he's over on the, uh, San Bernardino outstanding. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. There's, there's so many to list my current supervisor. Uh, it wasn't for her. I would not be here. So there's, there's a ton, there's a bunch of LEOs, um, too many to list. Um, but like you said, there's so many on the Angeles or that were on the Angeles, um, many, many stepping stones. Um, I mean, dear God, I could say everybody at little T air divide hotshots. There's so many people that I'm here because of working with so many different people. There's, there's nobody I can just like pinpoint, but, um, good times. I mean, even working with Ryan, it was, I learned from working with Ryan and getting to teach him. It makes me a better person than. I'm good friends with Ryan and I miss him all the time, but at least we get to 
keep together on social media, but um, I haven't set up an open um, Instagram yet. I'm working on that. I got to make sure with uh, with RPIOs where I can do kind of a forest service one where I'm not, told, not violating anything. Like an but unofficial one? Un- unofficially, I'm on Twitter, Red Bull Ricky. Uh, you can find me. You'll see me in a, when I was wearing a yellow hat. You'll see it. I just, I mainly am on there. Um, I'll post pictures of stuff in the Angeles and it's a lot of times um, I'm just retweeting stuff from our guys or LA County and just giving stuff about fire danger ratings and that kind of stuff. And just trying to get the word out there that people understand what they can and can't do and how they can be safe and what's open and what's closed. Hell yeah, man. Well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. We had a hell of a PSA and a hell of an insight on to what uh, patrol and uh, prevention does. So I definitely thank you guys for that because not a lot of people know about this stuff. So thank you very much. Awesome. Dude, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having the platform, Brandon, man. You're the, like you say, the facilitator of all this, and I'm really stoked to see it take off, your whole thing you're doing. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a wild ride, that's for damn sure, so. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I'm glad you enjoy it, brother. Hell yeah. It's work. The, it's, trust me, it's work. <laughs> so We got to do this again, gentlemen. We'll do yeah. it again. Hell yeah, guys. Well, thank you so Definitely. much, and uh, take care. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks, guys. Later. And boom, there we go. Another episode of the Anchor Point Podcast is in the books with Ryan and Ricky, prevention extraordinaires. Dude, dudes, plural. I'm going to say plural here. Dudes. Thank you so much for being on the show and sharing some expertise and inside knowledge about the prevention side of things, man. Uh, I Like I said earlier, I don't know shit about the uh, position, but this is really eye-opening. And it seems like you guys have a very unique job and you guys get to do all of the hood rat stuff all the time which is pretty cool. Yeah, granted, you don't want to see some of the stuff and some of the things that you do have to do. Uh, it's not really cool, but uh, yeah, we had a big discussion about mental health and uh, some of the things that we could do to uh, help ourselves along the way. But it's pretty cool, man. And uh, I definitely want to say thank you. And I definitely appreciate you guys being on the show. So thank you. As for the rest of you, I hope everybody's doing well. Uh, it's September, So like I said earlier, treat each other with kindness. Don't snap on each other. Fire season ain't over yet, especially uh, California, man. Holy crap, you guys. I I feel sorry, man. That's that's some busy times. And uh, yeah, I hope that the communities that are affected by these wildfires are uh, getting back onto their feet and uh, hopefully doing well. But anyways, just want to give a special shout out to our sponsors. We got Manscaped. They make some awesome stuff. And if you guys go over to the website and use code AnchorPoint at checkout, you get 20% off and free shipping site-wide. We got Mystery Ranch, arguably the best packs in the fire game and arguably some of the best load-bearing equipment in the world. We got Hotshot Brewery, kick-ass coffee for a kick-ass cause, and all of the awesome, awesome apparel and tools of the trade to get your morning started off right. We got the ass movement, which we talked about over here on the uh, episode. And uh, yeah, keep spreading the awareness, man. Clean up your public lands. And uh, if you're going to do your business outside in the woods, well, yeah, bury that stuff. And last but not least, we got the Smoky Generation. Bethany, I love your organization. And uh, yeah, keep doing wonderful things for the community. I definitely, definitely appreciate it. So with that being said, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Stay safe, stay savage, peace out.